Songs like, we will rock you, can work up the fans of a home team into a frenzy. At Fenway Park, the home field of the Boston Red Sox, the song, Sweet Caroline, oh, 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 good times never feel so good, oh, oh, oh. In the Bible, Elisha, the prophet, when he needed to hear from God at a particular time, he called for a musician. He called for a psalmist to come and play music. And as the music began to play, the Spirit of God began to speak to him, and his ears were sensitized to be able to hear what God was saying. It is no wonder that the book of Psalms is the most beloved of all scripture. The Psalms 150 poems are put to music for worship. Now worship in the Psalms is seen in how the people of God worship for who God is, for what he has done, but also he will do. See, the, some of the psalms are prophetic. Some of the psalms are called messianic psalms. They point to Jesus Christ. Hundreds of years previous they were written, but they speak of and they point to the coming of the Messiah. So prayers put to music for 1,400 years from uh, the time of Mo, or 1,000 years from the time of Moses to the time of Ezra. The Psalms encompass the longest period of time than any other book in the Bible, a thousand year span. And for the Jewish people, for the people of God, back in the Old Testament, it was basically their hymn book. Now, when I say hymn book, some of you have a blank stare because you don't know what a hymn book is. Uh, you have to be over 60 years old to know what a hymn book. We used to have blue ones here. I don't know if that was grumbling or complaining or praising the Lord. We used to have blue hymnals here at Victory that we would literally put out on every chair. And we would sing from the hymnal. And then uh, came along a chorus book. So we no longer had the hymnal, but we had a chorus book that we would include some of the newest songs, and we'd also include some of the older songs, some of the hymns we would have in a hymn book. And then we really got technologically advanced. We had an overhead projector. Some of you need to Google that because you don't know what in the world that was. That was this little box that had a light that you would put these words on, and it would be projected up on the screen. And somebody would have to keep putting, and back in the day, we would just handwrite them. We'd try to find the person that had the best penmanship in the church, and they would, they would write the choruses out, and we would project them on the screen. And then, now we all know that is a wonderful tool. So, when it comes to music, uh, we remember the album. All the old people are saying Amen. Then we had eight-track tapes. Wasn't that cool? You'd, you'd put this big square thing, you'd put it in your car, and, and if you had that, you were like, you were, you were rocking it. I mean, you were cutting edge. You were cool. Wow, I have, I have this, this eight-track. And then we got advanced even more. We went from this big block, this big brick of something, to, to a cassette. To, no, no, wait. You, you, 
you're, you're too young for us over there. We haven't got there yet. We're still on, we're on cassettes. And, and, then, and then we went to CDs. And they were pretty cool. I mean, that was like, and now it's amazing. CDs are obsolete almost. And then we have MP3s. And then, you know, you go to Pandora, YouTube, and an Apple playlist. And it's just amazing. But what has happened, the medium or the mode or the way that it, 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 music is, is translated or, or comes to us uh, might have changed, but the universality of worship and praise in its, in its essence never changes. Isn't that true? There are injunctions, there are commands, there are scriptures that tell us from the book of Psalms, let us shout joyfully with Psalms. Sing unto the Lord a new song. I will praise the name of God with a song. Therefore my heart rejoices, and with my song I shall thank him. The psalmist said, break forth and sing for joy and sing praises. See, what we have to understand that psalms were written for use in private and public worship. What a tool, what a resource we have to have a God-inspired playlist to have the Psalms in our hands to be able to worship. And that last song that we did during the offering and during the worship set that we had, uh, I sought the Lord and he heard me. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. That comes from one of my favorite Psalms, Psalms 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. This poor man cried out and the Lord saved him out of all his troubles. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. The Psalms are the most quoted Old Testament book in the New Testament. No other book of the Bible is quoted as much as the book of Psalms. Now listen to the significance that Jesus himself placed on the Psalms. In Luke 24, verse 44, this is after Jesus' resurrection. Then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Jesus said. The Psalms are wonderful because they cover a whole spectrum of human emotion and experience. The Psalms were written during seasons of joy and sorrow, anger and serenity, fear and courage, uncertainty and confidence, turmoil and peace, desperation and repentance. The Psalms plumb the depths of human emotion. They run the psychological gamut of our lives. They have been called by one theologian, the epitome and the anatomy of the soul. The Psalms record deep emotion, intense feeling, exalted emotion, and even dark rejection. Some have summed up the Psalms uh, in this way. 
Life is hard, but God is good. And isn't that true in a lot of ways? Uh, I went to a doctor uh, a few months ago, and I know him pretty well, and, and he came in, and, and he said, hey, how you doing? He said, life is good. I said, no. I said, life is hard, but God is good. That might sound defeatist. That might sound not too, you know, up with the times. But the reality of it is life is hard. If you live any length of time, you come to that understanding and that realization. But see, a lot of people get stuck there. They get stuck at the part that life is hard. And if you live in, on planet Earth, you know you live in a fallen world. You know you live in a world where people are sinners. People do wrong. They make wrong choices that affect other people. We make wrong choices that affect other people. And it causes chaos. And we have a world in chaos. And the only way there is peace, it's through the Prince of Peace. And his name is Jesus. So life is hard, but we can say God is good. Amen. And in the book of Psalms, there are many references to the goodness of God. Psalm 25, good and upright is the Lord. Psalm 31, oh, how abundant is your goodness. Psalm 34, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalm 107, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Psalm 119, you are good and you do good. Hallelujah. One of my favorite, I would have fainted unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. What a good word. The psalmist said, I would have fainted. I would have given in to discouragement. I would have given up unless I had believed. Do you believe this morning? Do you have faith today that no matter how bad things are, no matter how difficult they are, that you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living? Not just in the sweet by and by, but in the here, the nasty here and now. Amen? God is good. Hallelujah. Now the psalms... As we just getting an understanding, I want you to learn something. Turn to the person next to you and say, you should learn something today. Amen. We all should be learning, and I'm learning as I'm studying myself. Some things are coming back to me. I got out my notes from Bible school, you know, back in, in, in the, in the 20th, 20th century. Yeah, it was the 20th, right? We're in the 21st now? It was the 20th century. Amen. Some of you didn't discover America until the 21st century. <laughs> but I got out my notes, and it was good to review, and so many things came back to me. It was just awesome. And, and realize, you know, the Psalms, 150 of them, they were written by several different songwriters. You know, David, King David, was called the psalmist of God. He was gifted, he was anointed, and he wrote over 70, probably 73, possibly 75, depending, a couple of unsure, but half of the Psalms were written by David, a man who loved God, a man who had the testimony of God and by God that he was a man after the heart of God. And then we have Asaph, who wrote about 10 plus, and then the sons of Korah, and then you have Ezra, Moses, Solomon, Heman, and Ethan. And they cover a period of time of a thousand years from the time of Moses to the time of Ezra. So think about how rich, think about how significant the Psalms are to us today. We have in our hands such an amazing, amazing hymnal. 
playlist, cassette, 8-track, depending on what time period you're from. But the good thing is, this morning, we have the Word of God, the Psalms, that can give expression of the deepest of our emotions like nothing else. Because they deal with fear. The Psalms deal with anger, with hurt, with rejection, with betrayal, and in many other different human emotions. In the Psalms, we get to peek into the heart and the mind of David and, and the sons of Kor and Asaph and others, and we get to see how they wrestled with the confusion and the complexity of life on planet Earth. We get to see up close and personal how they processed their emotions. It's so important that we learn how to process our emotions because the reality is we all have emotions. Isn't that true? And, and we have negative emotions and we have positive emotions. We have good emotions and bad emotions. And the reality of it is we all have a mixture of all of them. But the question is, how can we, in a healthy way, process them? We can, as we study the Psalms, whether you're 5, 10, 20, 60, or 70, or 80 years old, it doesn't matter. The Psalms are a wonderful gift to us to learn how to deal with our emotions in a healthy way. Why? Because the psalmists dealt with life just like you and I, and they dealt with all of these different emotions. You know, we tend to feel that it's wrong to be angry. But the Bible doesn't say it's wrong to be angry. It says be angry, but sin not. How do you deal with your anger? We should be angry over what we're seeing in our culture. We should have a righteous indignation over the filth and the ungodliness and the sinfulness of our culture that should cause us to cry out to God for a revival and repentance in our nation. We should have a passion, a zeal, some, a fire shut up in our bones that causes us to want to declare truth in the midst of the chaos of this world. So we should have anger. But the question is, how do we deal with it? How do, we, how do we process it? There are some psalms that are called psalms of lament. You know what lament is? It's to cry. It's to weep. It's to be sad. Now, I, we're going to cover several psalms, 150 psalms. We're not going to go over every one, but we're going to pick some selected ones over the next few weeks. And I might pick a psalm of lament. Now, a psalm of lament is just a psalm where the writer, David, or others were just weeping and, and burdened and, and, and sorrowful. You know, when we come together to worship, we have celebratory songs, right? We want to we uh, rejoice, we want to praise, we want to be excited, we want to feel good. But do you realize some of the psalms were just psalms of lament, Maybe sometimes we should have a service where we just where we lament. Some of you are saying, let us know when that service is here. We won't be here. 
But seriously, we've lost that in our culture. Our whole world, our whole world is geared against push pain away, push sorrow away, push that, just get joy, just have, enjoy life. But, but, but we have to be, understand, Jesus said, blessed, blessed, no, 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 wrong scripture, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who mourn. What is that? Jesus said, you're happy if you mourn. It sounds like a paradox, a contradiction, but the reality of it is when you get to the place, where, 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 it's in the presence of God. See, see, that's what the Psalms do. They connect the human emotion. They connect the pain. They connect the suffering. They connect the hurt that we all have. They connect it with God. They process it in the presence of God. You understand something that, that if you don't talk things out, you'll act things out. Right? Isn't that just a little pop psychology for you this morning? If you don't talk it out, you'll act it out. Anybody that understands anything about human emotion and what we've all been through is you've got to talk it out. You know women live longer than men, right? Someone's praising the Lord, a woman, of course. <laughs> women, by generally, uh, according to statistics, you know, they live two, three, four years longer than men. Uh, I, I'd, I'd like to say the reason why is because they talk it out. <laughs> Statistics tell us that women speak 20,000 words a day and men speak on average 7,000. I don't know how true to life those statistics are, but I would generally say just by human experience that women speak at least twice as much as men. But that's, don't get down, I'm not criticizing you women, but that's a good thing, because they talk it out. That's why they're living longer. Hello? I don't know if that's all scientific, but just, just go along with me, those of you that are scholars and doctors in this church. But, but it's true that, that women, you go to, you go to a woman's uh, fellowship, you, you just walk in there, there's a buzz in the room, men, you got to get right past the mic and, and, and you got to get them going. You got to have uh, icebreakers, this, that, because they'll just sit there and look at one another and grunt. <laughs> it takes us a while, right, to open up. But, but we need to open up. We need to talk. We need to process things. You know, when you keep it in, there's something, you keep stuffing it, you keep pressing it down. Yesterday in, in my kitchen, you know, I was keep pressing down. I thought like, you know, in my head, I was like, I'm a human compactor. I'm just pressing down the garbage. And I pressed it down, pressed it down. Then later when I went to take it out, you know, you spin it around and all coffee grinds just spun all around the kitchen. Why? Because I kept pressing things down. And that's what's true emotionally and spiritually if we keep pressing it down. Something's going to give. And when you get spun around, garbage is going to come out of you. And everybody around you is going to wear it. Everyone around you is going to, is going to get what you've been dealing with, what you haven't been dealing with, but you've been suppressing. Right? Hurt people. Hurt people. And so the Psalms, they, they, they're a wonderful gift to us. They offer a way for us to deal with our feelings in a cathartic way. 
What I mean by that is they provide a psychological relief through the open expression of strong emotions. And see, we were taught many times to suppress things, but, but the psalmist, when he got angry, he said, Lord, he said, Lord, break their teeth. Are you reading the same Bible I'm reading? Now, don't, don't misunderstand me. Don't misquote me. Don't get the wrong impression. I mean, he's living in a different day and a different age where the enemies of God were physical and, and, and the nations had to be dri driven out. And when they were idolatrous, God says, you know, cast them out of the land. And so David, when he got angry, he said, Lord, he said, Lord, remember them. And he, mean, he didn't mean in a good way. He would cry out, the psalmist would cry out with such passion. You see, mental health has been in the spotlight in the last several years, and, and so should it be. I'm not a clinician, I'm not a social worker or a psych psychiatrist, but one thing I know, if you can put that next slide up, there are a lot of stresses, anxieties, and insecurities that can be processed in a healthy way by prayerfully and worshipfully reading the Psalms. How many of you believe that this morning? Now I'm talking about worshipfully and prayerfully of getting into a place of God's word with a heart that looks to respond to truth. You know, because listen, we, can, we could have anger and there could be a wrong expression of that. We could have even zeal. We see some crazy things going on in our country, people zealous or radical or whatever, but, but the wrong way. We need to channel and process it the right way. God has a right way for us to do that, amen? You see, there's a, there's a beautiful psalm that I'd like, you to, I'd like you to look at and it's, I believe it's Psalm 62. If you want to turn there, just I'm giving a few references. This is my, don't worry, this ain't, that wasn't just the introduction, in case some of you were concerned. Now we're beginning my sermon, three points. And Psalm 62, listen to this, verse 8. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us, Selah. You know what Selah means, Selah, however you say it, means pause. It means rest. It means soak it in. It means be in the moment. Trust in him at all times. But it says, pour out your heart to God. Now, do you realize God knows everything in your heart right now? You know, sometimes we come to God the way we think he wants us to be instead of coming to God the way we are. Like we, like we try to impress people, we put on a facade to other people. We come to God that way. Sometimes we come to God and we're talking in King James language. Thou, oh thou, thou art, art a holy one of Israel. Thou art God and thou alone. What? He's your father. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name, God. Your name is great. God, I need you to be Jehovah Jireh. That's your name. I need you to be my provider because I don't have the school bills. I don't have the money I need. God, you're my provider. Jehovah Rapha, you're my healer. Lord, I need a healing in my mind. I need a healing in my heart. I need a healing in my body. Lord, you're Jehovah Rapha. 
for you that don't understand Jehovah is God's name. Rapha is the Hebrew word for healer. You are the Lord, my healer. And you see, we pour out our heart to God. Whatever we're going through, we talk it out. We share with God. We don't hide it. We, we, you know, there's so much stuff that's going on in our lives. There's things with our family, with our friends, with church people, with our finances, with our future, with our past, with shame, with all of those things. God knows it all. Trust him. Share your heart with him. Do you have fears this morning? Do you have disappointments? Do you have shame? Confusion? Do you have hurt this morning? There is a healing in the grace and the presence of God. You see, personally, I have had times of precious breakthrough in the presence of God, where with weeping and brokenness, I was able to pour my heart out to God. And you see, during those special times when you're just, your heart is laid bare and entrust to God, knowing that God loves you and he won't reject you. He doesn't reject you for your sin. He don't reject you based on your past. He don't reject you based upon how other people treat you. God loves you unconditionally. And you know what the Bible says? We're able to love him because he loved us first. Do you realize our love for God isn't because of our great spirituality? It's just basically because we've come to a revelation and an understanding that God loves us and it melts our heart. And in turn, we love him. We love him because he first loved us. Don't, don't put so much weight on your emotions or your feelings that you discount what the word of God says. And don't think you're so spiritual that you are where you're at because you have this great love for God. No, you just realize that it's because of his great love for you. In the presence of God, when we pour out our heart, it's freeing. It's freeing. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody that is, that is a dear friend, that is close to you, your spouse, a good friend, that you just poured out your whole heart as best as you could and you walked away feeling so good? Just multiply that a few thousand times because even at our best, even if we're eloquent, even if we have the vocabulary, we can't fully all that is in our heart but God sees it all and we could pour it all out I want to encourage you to pray through the Psalms this summer I encourage you to pray through not just pray but pray through sometimes we have problems and we pray around them we might pray towards them we might pray under them or against them but I want to encourage you to pray through there used to be a saying of the old saints back in, in the last century. We used to call it praying through. Some people just want to get through praying. Oh, I prayed 20 minutes. Oh, I prayed 10 minutes. I'm good. No, sometimes we got to pray through. That means we don't leave that place until we get a breakthrough, until we sense the presence of God. And you know what? Let me be honest with you. Sometimes prayer is hard work. Sometimes you've got you to pray through the thoughts in your mind. You've got to pray through your fears. You've got to pray through tiredness. You've got to pray through junk. You've got to just keep praying and praying and say, God, help me. God, I don't even have the words to say right now. Just help. I don't know what to say, God. Just help me. 
God, just give me grace. And, and, and we, we just got to get to that place sometimes where we, we're praying through. And what I want to encourage you this summer, that you have a breakthrough in your life. Amen? That you pray through. Not a fixed timetable. I don't know when it'll happen. I don't know how it will happen. But, but I know it will happen. There is a guarantee that God is there all the while and that a break, there is a breakthrough into his presence. You see, the Psalms underscores the priority, the priority in the power of worship and praise in our life. Again, these 150 Psalms were prayers put to music. They were poems and, and, and there's different types of poetry and it's a little technical to get into right now. Maybe I will in another message. But, but basically, they were, they were the expressions to God. So let's, let's read, and I'm going to bring this to a close. Let's read the Psalms for what they are. Psalms are songs, are poetry, are prayers, and they were put to music. Why? Because human beings, when, when we express truth with music and poetry, it awakens and expresses emotions that fit the truth like nothing else. One of the reasons the Psalms are deeply loved by so many Christians is they give expression to an amazing array of emotions. I want to close with this, and, and if the team could just come back, I want us to close in these next few moments in, in, in praise and worship, in, in expressing, and maybe taking a few moments, whether it's at your seat or you come forward, but just pour your heart out to God. Listen to the the array of emotions. I won't, I won't give you the scripture reference just for time's sake, but, but it's from the Psalms. Loneliness. The psalmist said, I am lonely and afflicted. Awe. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand, stand in awe of him. Sorrow. My life is spent with sorrow. Regret. I am sorry for my sin. Contrition. A broken and a contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. Discouragement and turmoil. Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Shame. Shame has covered my face. Exaltation. In your salvation, how greatly I exalt. exalt. Marveling. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Delight. I'm talking about the, 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 the wide spectrum of emotion. Delight. His delight is in the law of the Lord. Joy. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine increase. Gladness. I will be glad and rejoice in you. Fear. Serve the Lord with fear. Anger. Be angry and do not sin. Peace. In peace I will both lie down and sleep. Grief. My eyes waste away because of grief. Desire, O oh Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. Hope, let your steadfast love, O oh Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. Brokenheartedness, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and he saves the crushed in spirit. Gratitude, I will thank you in the great congregation. Zeal, zeal for your house has consumed me. Pain, I am afflicted and in pain. Confidence, 
Though war rise against me, yet I will be confident. More explicitly than all the other books of the Bible, the Psalms are designed to awaken and shape our emotions in line with the instruction they give. What happens when you read and sing the Psalms the way they are intended to be read and sung is that your emotions in your mind are now shaped and formed by God's word. Would you stand together with me this morning? Thank you, Lord. I'm sure each one of us or most of us have a favorite psalm. Can we use that just in these next five minutes to just pour out our heart? Wherever you're at in life, it's okay. Just that we move closer to God through it and we process it in the presence of God. When we do this freedom and this healing. And so God, right now, Lord, Holy Spirit, Bring to remembrance your word, the Psalms that you've caused us to hope in. Lord, today we pour out our heart to you, God. Lord, the depth of the human emotion, God, the confusion, the complexity at times that is even so hard to even communicate to somebody. But God, to you, we can pour out our heart. Holy Spirit, touch every life today. Give them the hope that comes from your word. Give them the encouragement that comes from your word. Lord, I pray that the Psalms would become our playlist. The Psalms would become dear to our heart once again. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bring to remembrance promises, scriptures, Psalms. May we sing, may we worship, May we connect with you on a deeper level. Lord, we thank you. You are good. Your mercies endure forever. Oh, God, we thank you, Lord. Oh, come on, just begin to talk to God for these next couple of minutes. We're going to close in just a couple of minutes, but we're going to sing one chorus right now, and then we're going to close in prayer. But just use this as an opportunity to take a few moments to pour your heart out to God. In Jesus' name. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me all my days. I've been held in 